Happy Saturday. It is Saturday, October 21st, 2023. Another episode of Pounding the Table starts now. Apple's up more than 6% right now. Google about 3%, but Dell, Intel, Research Motion, and Microsoft are all to the upside. Look how strong Why is this uh, the most complex market of your career? Well, it, you actually set the table the last few minutes, and I just want to pose this question. If a year ago you knew we were going to be at five plus percent at this point on Fed funds, could you have with any confidence said the economy would be doing three percent? And even more importantly, could you have said that weekly jobless claims would be hugging 200,000? week after week after week, showing that there really is just this unbelievable resilience. So how do you explain that? I mean, how do you explain what you just described? So the way we explain it is to acknowledge that the kind of stimulus that we saw in 2020 and 2021, and the Fed was still buying bonds during a portion of 2022, is unlike anything that we know except for World War One and World War Two. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 96 of Pounding the Table. We got a massive week of earnings ahead of us, so we'll be getting into that very quickly, as well as our buy, sell, hold game. But we're gonna start it off quickly, giving a shout out to underdogfantasy.com. Use our promo code PTT for a $500 match, as well as we're gonna be just giving out $500 three different times, so if you guys sign up, we will be doing a random drawing and you guys don't even have to do the match. We'll just give you $500 credit. So underdogfantasy.com. So Shy, let's start off with some higher and lowers for the NFL week this week. I know you missed your Elvin Kamara last night, but what do you got for uh, Sunday coming up? Yeah, Kamara's the only one that I miss. I'm a little salty because that's the only one I need to kind of win big. But for this week, Geno Smith over one and a half touchdowns. And I'm going to pair that with Tyler Lockett over 56 yards. Cardinals secondary is garbage. I saw firsthand against the Rams last week. I think uh, they're just going to absolutely destroy their secondary. So those are my picks. All right. I'm going to give a shout out to Bet Mystic at Bet Mystic on Twitter. He's got incredible knowledge here, but I actually like this one. So it's Ramondre Stevenson, higher than two and a half receptions. It's going to be windy. So it's going to be 20 mile per hour winds, he's saying, with gust up to 30 miles per hour. The linebackers on the Bills are the weakness. The Patriots struggles already with the downfield passing. The recent performance, he had five receptions last week. So Belichick knows what he's doing. He's known for the versatile game plan. He's saying, I actually agree with all of this, right? If the the wind's going crazy, it would make sense that they're going to have to do a lot of drop-offs. So I'm going to go with Ramondre Stevenson higher than two and a half receptions. Joey, what you got? I was debating going under 58 and a half total yards for Mark Andrews because he's just a serial disappointment for everything I've ever had in fantasy. And then higher on Josh Allen, 1.5 total touchdowns. And LeBron James just has to score one point. Yeah, so that's cool. They're going to be getting into NBA, obviously, as the NBA rolls around. So stick with us uh, on Underdog. All right, guys, let's get into our own little game we got going on called Nailed It or Failed It. If you guys have better, cooler names for that, please uh, shoot us an email. But until then, we're going to roll with that. Netflix, dude. How about that one from Avo Locks? Said that one was going to be a uh, buy for me. And that went up, I think, like 13%, Joe. So what happened there? I know they they said they were going to raise some of the pricing. Obviously, what, what, what my thesis was that 
I had it pop up where it's like, you can no longer use this account that's your father-in-law's, you got to buy your own, right? And so walk through some of the numbers from their latest earnings report that uh, justified my buy there. Yeah, so the big headlines were that the crackdown on password sharing is going successful. And I know we talked last week that even the account my family used, it was my in-laws turned into three different accounts as we all kind of got restricted. So apparently that was the common experience around the nation. So you saw they had a big hike in subscribers. They added 8.76 million, which is very impressive. And then they announced that they were increasing prices on two of its plans. The basic plan went up by, I want to say $2. And then the premium plan went up by $3 while the ad and standard plan stayed the same. So they're saying, yeah, you know, we are adding all this content. Sometimes we ask you to pay a little bit more. But then they do say that, hey, it's still, you know, less than a dollar a day. It's still um, very competitive compared to other streaming services and, and the content that they offer. So all around, it was a great quarter. And it kind of shows that, you know, Netflix is the top dog in streaming. And while all these other services are either losing money uh, or just, you know, not having something that consumers are, are chomping at the bit to get to, Netflix is just chugging right along and, as much as people hated the password sharing, it seems like they're just basically, you know, biting the bullet and adding their own account, just like I did. One thing I want I want to add there. So I've been able to like work around. I haven't actually had to buy my own Netflix yet. So I still think there's a lot more people that are going to have to do that. Like I was able to click around it somehow and was still able to use Netflix, even though I have not used it like a, my own account. So I bet there, you're going to be surprised on the next quarter too. There's going to be a lot more people that are going to have to join if they're going. Well, yeah, you know what it could be? It could be like, you know, with sports betting where you have to enable location services. So it kind of knows. I feel like that would be the ultimate. I just don't know if that's something they could even do. That's just speculation on my end. But yeah, like if you enable location services, like, okay, you're clearly not in the same household if you're not <laughs> within walking distance of each other, not you know in the same actual house. But there's got to be more to it because think like a kid off at college, you're not going to make them get their own one. So they've got to be strategic as to how they do this. But I mean, what they've done so far has worked very well. I feel like they're going to have to take it one step further because like you said, you know, there's probably still some workarounds, but overall, I mean, they're on the right path and they're pushing 250 million users. Mm -hmm. So a uh, half glass empty point of view on Netflix earnings. Yeah, they did crush. I was surprised with the uptick. I think a lot of people were, and they're just generating so much cash flow. And I think I mentioned a couple months ago where I could see the bull case for Netflix being that all the other streaming services, they're going to sell their IP on Netflix, where Netflix will be the king of streaming services like it was when it originally started. It's like a full circle moment. And like you said, 8.76 million added. Uh, estimates were 6.2, so it wasn't even close. They destroyed it. And they're kind of following a similar pathway. I think we discussed it before this call with Tesla is an EV space where all the competitors are struggling. They are not as cash flow positive and like they're just fighting for survival where Netflix can just take as much market share as possible because they're producing like seven billion a year in free cash flow. And put some perspective in that is Paramount Pictures is actually worth less than seven billion. So theoretically, uh, Netflix could by Paramount, as crazy as it sounds, because Paramount is a legacy studio. Um, there's so much optionality Netflix can do now. Excited to see that. However, 
I don't know how much near-term tailwinds there's going to be for Netflix. Like, obvious instance, it's a minority segment of like majority of people where like they didn't have to switch their password sharing. But the combination of the majority of people that already had to get their own new accounts, and then also the Hollywood strikes probably prevented them from spending as much money on content that they're estimated to. So like they were able to beat the top line and bottom line. I think they're going to revert back to like what it was previously going to be spending to and. It's also going to cost more because of the strike results. So I don't know how much near-term tailwind there will be, but again, they deserve an applause for that kind of earnings. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, my thesis all along was that they wouldn't shut everyone down at once. Otherwise, they'd, the backlash on Twitter and, and media, like all, everyone would be calling them out, right? So if they do it slowly but surely, I think not as many people, pockets of people will, will start to get as mad. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they they beat earnings again next quarter because everyone's thinking what you're thinking if everyone moved over already. But uh, I think it's important to note that I personally have not. And I'm, I'm curious, I guess, if it's just me, I can't imagine it's just me that that this happened to. So the other ones we we talked about were uh, Tesla. Uh, Tesla failed it. What happened I mean, to Tesla here? That's a perfect segue because that's... Like the both spectrums of earnings season, like one company under promise over delivered, where the other over promise under delivered. So Tesla, uh, they just had an awful earnings. Uh, I listened to the call. I can't remember the last time uh, Elon sounded so paranoid and like pessimistic. Like he usually like when he hops on the call, like stock usually rebounds or like he says something so aggressive and like pumps up the crowd. Where this instance, it was not the case at all. He was like blaming like. People are struggling to pay their bills. Like, why would they have buying a car on top of their mind? So, like, he was kind of blaming the macro situation more than like the actual execution for the company. So that was like, I think, caught a lot of investors off guard. And Cybertruck delivery announcement was nice to see that's going to happen end of next month. However, he did hint that it's going to be a difficult onboarding on like the delivery of those Cybertrucks, and don't expect to be free cash flow positive on that specific segment for a good amount of time. So that wasn't that nice to hear as an investor. Um, I launched, uh, initiated a position this week, right around the 200 day. I think it's a starter position. However, I do think rest of this year in 2024 will be a hard year for Tesla. So it's a DCA approach where I'm trying to build my position. I don't anticipate them like breaking $300. I don't anticipate them being in the low hundreds. I just think they're going to consolidate. And that's a perfect opportunity for me to keep adding my position because I said multiple times, I think by 2030, this is going to be the most valuable company in the world and they're going to be worth like four to $5 trillion. And right now their market cap is 500, 600 bills. So great place to start a position. That's that's the exact thing that we've kind of been talking about for a while. Like all this short-term noise is what I love. I was hoping Tesla would eventually come up and spook people out of it and, and get this stock to tank because I've been wanting to add to this position. It's sitting 213 right now. I got to pick my spot and just start buying because, yeah, the automotive unit, it's not showing the strongest growth, but you see just what the backlog is. You see what they're doing with Cybertruck, semis. There's so many more areas that they could actually go into. I did like seeing that the energy generation and storage revenue segment, you saw that was up 40% year over year. That's an absolute monster. And they just signed BMW as another one that's going to be using their charging network. I want to say this week or last week. Toyota so, was yesterday too. 
Yeah. So like they're the gold standard in that whole market that you can see that whole business is going to be worth a hundred billion dollars in the next five to 10 years, then everything else that they're doing. And, you know, I kind of had the iPhone moment where I remember back in, geez, this might've been like sophomore year when people started carrying iPhones, but there's still so many different phones that people had. And then slowly, it's just everybody has an iPhone except for that one dick friend that will have the Samsung that makes the green chats. That was me for years, by the way. Yeah. And I mean, we all have that one friend that we dislike. But so like, (laughs) that's kind of when I start seeing cars on the road. You used to see like one Tesla every now and then or like one Tesla at a red light. Now it's, I mean, I'm in Northern Virginia and there's a lot of freaking Teslas around here and it's still a lot of Priuses. But like, now it's four or five at each red light. It could get to the point where Tesla becomes that standard car where everybody has a Tesla, then it's just the one dick friend that still has a Toyota. And I feel like that's where this market's going to go eventually, just because all these different states having the initiatives, all EVs by 2035 and zero emissions, all this stuff, everybody's being forced to move to EVs. Well, why are you going to you know, stoop to having something else? Rivian tried with trucks, but I feel like, you know, the Cybertruck, it's a little over the top with the design, but Elon could easily come out with more designs. He could come out with the Tesla tuk-tuk if he also wants to sell that in the United States. Like whatever he wants to do, a motorcycle would be far too dangerous if they have the, you know, Elon mode zero to 60 in half a second. People are going to die too quick on those. But, you know, he could he could figure out an angle to even get in that market. So, I mean, this is a long-winded answer of saying, yeah, I think, Focusing on the long term here is the way to go, where everything else is short term noise, just like this call. Everyone's saying, you know, it's the worst conference call they've heard in years. I'm thinking, awesome. Have another one of those. Give us more of an opportunity to add to it. And I was hoping to see more analyst downgrades to push it lower, but, you know, we can only get so much at a time. Also, I want to add this is the third straight earnings that they reported that the stock has dipped nine to 10% next day. And over that time period, stock's still up 20%. That just shows like people are ignoring the short-term noise and just like still buying the stock for the long-term potential. And what Joey mentioned, like they're killing it in the energy segment. Like their gross margins this time last year was around 9% and they just reported 24%. So once their like auto margins go back to what it used to be, which was like the mid-20s, right now it's 16%. They're going to be firing on multiple cylinders and there's not that many companies in the world that are the like the forefront of so many exciting thematics that's going to be growing like 23% caggers the next decade and Tesla is definitely one of them. I'm on uh, Twitter right now because I know TMDX was another one that we uh, were, were off on here. But weirdly, as I'm scrolling down through what people are saying, I'm, I'm watching the actual video of a heart beating in a plane right now. So this is my first time actually seeing how this actually all works, which is pretty wild. But then yeah, there was actually um, an episode on like Grey's Anatomy. I want to say it was like 2013. They called it the heart in a box episode. And that's where, you know, initially a lot of people started hearing about this even before the IPO. Yeah. And then there's a, a Twitter ad that funny enough, maybe it's a divine intervention, but it, the ad literally just says, be patient. Some things take time. So Shai, I know you love TMDX. Yeah, I saw they went down. So what exactly happened there? Uh, they went down, just no earnings, just the rest of the med tech uh, industry. This is a 2025 play. So I don't anticipate like 
that much tailwinds for them in the near term. I think they're getting beat because they acquired an aviation company to fulfill their growth. And that's not going to be good for the bottom line and for the next like couple quarters for sure. So I think it's dirt cheap right now, to be honest. Like if they maintain these estimates I'm seeing, they're supposed to be growing, they're growing triple digits this year. They're supposed to be free cash flow positive next year, 15% margins. They're trading at 31 times free cash flow next year while growing the top line 50%. You don't see that that often. So I think it's a great place to DCA. Having said that, it's tricky because like they are a small cap and they're not yet profitable and the rates and yields keep rising to like over 5%. So like people don't want to dump their money in there. And like what Joey says, the kiss, just keep it simple, stupid. So TMDX really isn't that. A big thing with TMDX too is, you know, everybody's going to be in perfect health from Ozempic and these other weight loss drugs. You're not going to need transplants because we're all going to be perfect. Same with, you know, we're seeing all these medical device stocks tank because, well, you're not going to need that because you're going to have a six pack. Um, so like you see in two, no, your kidneys fault. fail and then you're going to need it. Yeah, an- you're not going to have bad kidneys because your abs are going to make everything better. Um, so Intuitive Surgical, I saw this comment that I was just scrolling on TD Ameritrade, but chief medical officer said on the conference call that in the short term, they'll see patients considering these weight loss drugs and they'll be on it. But then they say, however, given compliance issues, cost side effects, we expect that many of them will not stay on the drugs for longer than a year or two. And at that time, we'll consider bariatric surgery. So I guess they're seeing a decline in surgeries uh, like the stomach stapling and these bariatric surgeries because people are going on to Ozempic and Wegovy and these different weight loss drugs, but they don't think people actually stay on there. And I, I find it interesting they actually mentioned side effects and everything because, you know, we've been seeing these different things come out. Like um, one of the craziest things I saw was they're saying it was like a, a paralyzed stomach that you can get as a side effect from this. And I was like, that does not sound good. Um I mean, you won't need stomachs anymore if you're... Uh, yeah, if you have a you know, six-pack, who cares if you can't? <laughs> I mean, you're going to be on the beach anyways. You're already uh, selling all your healthcare stocks. I mean, ISRG kind of falls with what Elon said on the call. Like, people don't have elective surgery on top of their minds right now. They're just, like, bell tightening, trying to, like, not spend as much money as they've been past I two mean, years. I see what you did there. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. ISRG... Their earnings was a thesis validating earnings. Nothing about that call or report broke any of my initial thesis on it. It's just an expensive stock. So it's always been expensive. I think it's probably not going to go anywhere. I wanted it in the low 200s. It barely even broke 250 post earnings dump. So it's ticking back up right now. It's only down 2% where yesterday after the market it was down 9%. So that just shows these high quality, high mode stocks, like people aren't selling. That's like a kiss me- method. Just they want to hold it best place for the money, even rates being so high. What happened to Solar Edge, Joe? It's down twenty seven percent, twenty almost twenty eight percent. Oh man, yeah, I saw that was a bloodbath. But Solar is within Shy's specialty, so I'm gonna pass it over to you. Yeah, so I I nailed this call in end phase a couple months ago. I think I sold in the one eighty one ninety, and there's this so little demand with rates being this high for the solar industry and it's such a cyclical like thematic where they're all struggling so bad and solar edge just reported 
throw up numbers yesterday. They're expected to have, it was, it was a prelim uh, guidance as well. So it was like not their actual earnings call, but like their expected revenue is supposed to be 900 million. They missed that by like 30%. They reported 725, I think. Gross margins was supposed to be around 30% and they reported 20%. Operating income was supposed to be like what, low hundreds. They reported 20 million. So like these are awful numbers. There's like no sugarcoating it. I think it's bringing uh, Emphase Energy as a sympathy play. Emphase Energy is falling in sympathy. Same with STEM Energy and uh, a whole solar industry. So it's going to be a tough near-term headwinds for the whole, like all the solar names. Having said that, solar isn't going anywhere. It's one of those thematics that's going to be growing for the next decade. However, do you want to place your money in bleeding stocks where there's the whole market's kind of been dipping the past couple of weeks. So you can put your money in like these high growth, high quality stocks that have high moats that aren't so cyclical. And I think that's what you're seeing in investors. Like I'm not going to hold my money in this sinking ship. I'm just going to wait, see once it bounces, rates start getting cut, and then we revisit that thesis. Yeah. And, and like you said, people really want the best of the best, the biggest, the safest spots. Like we would say, yeah, the KISS stocks right now, because you see mortgage rates hitting 8% for the first time since I forget when. Inflation still to the point where Powell comes out saying, hey, yeah, inflation's too high. It's like, well, yeah, no duh, go to the freaking grocery store, man. So like everything about, you know, what we're actually seeing outside and then seeing that the market is up so much year to date, it doesn't exactly make sense. And then you see all these experts talking about these face ripper rallies in a year end. Oh, S&P is going to set new highs going into the end of the year when like everything about the actual stats that they should be focusing on say the opposite. Like, you know, if anything, we've rallied a little bit too hard and should fade. It's just also confusing that I find it easier to just be like park in the biggest of the best because they won't be as volatile and kind of wait it out, but still be strategic if you see some huge shift in sentiment that we're going to go higher. But, you know, they're going to want the market to look good going into an election. So then it's not just a throwaway. I want to add like a lot of the excuses I'm hearing about Enphase because Enphase Energy is a big FinTwit stock. Like a lot of folks love that stock. think it's super cheap. Their reasoning and explanation of owning it and like why they keep buying it is very similar to how investors for Upstart were two years ago. And I think we can all see like where Upstart is now. It can keep dipping, keep dipping. And I just, why try to catch a falling knife? Keep it simple. Keep it simple, Studi. He, he is rubbing off on you a lot. I can tell. I like I'm a Tesla that. investor now. I'm pretty much like hey, Joey. I, 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 I kick out a DigitalOcean at 48. and I still it. like DigitalOcean, just oh. some internal struggles. However, I did dump SimSara this morning for Tesla. Guys, this is Celsius. Celsius. The Cosmic Vibe Sparkling Fruit Punch Edition. In high school, from like freshman year to junior year, I always had Fruit Punch, NO Explode, and Cell Mass. So pre and post workout, like nonstop Fruit Punch to the point where I like could not stand the taste of Fruit Punch. I had it so much. This is the first thing I've had that I actually enjoy. But if you haven't tried it, you got to grab some. It's pretty awesome. That's a free ad for Celsius, by the way. Love you, John. Send us some. (laughs) We'll talk after the next earnings, John. Open AI. Let's start with that quick story that I just tweeted out or I retweeted this guy where they're literally within AI now. These scammers are getting so complex where 
basically I get all these phone calls and no one's on the other line. And I'm like, hello, hello. And then, oh my, yeah, I get those in my head. I'm just like, they're recording my voice. They're going to clone me. And then sure enough, this guy's talking about how he had his quote unquote mother call him that was kidnapped and needs $5,000 in Bitcoin sent to him. So he said, what's your middle name or maiden name, mom? And he, she's like, now's not the time. We can't talk about this. And so he got sketched out. But be careful out there. There are scammers uh, that can literally use someone that you know's name. And I think they're going to get more advanced and start to have that answer for the maiden name. And that's going to get pretty scary. But uh, that's a nice little pitch to you, Joey, to talk about OpenAI. Yeah, so I heard something on CNBC earlier. Then I got an email from one of the markets that is participating in this offering. So it says, we've listened to your feedback and they're offering secondary shares on OpenAI. So this is what I was actually hearing on CNBC too. So they're looking to do like a secondary market, but letting retail investors in. But they're expecting the valuation around $85 billion and total offering around 800 million. So that's pretty wild that, I want to say Microsoft last investor was like 20 to 29 billion. I but they, let me check. I think you can say your piece, Joey. Uh, I'm actually curious about your uh, thought process. But what I'm about to say is I think OpenAI right now is totally overvalued. I think OpenAI, it was a first mover advantage. And I think it's definitely ballooned their valuation. However, I don't know how much of a competitive advantage they have over other AI companies. And I think. I'm not totally loyal to ChatGPT versus the other ones. And I think as more companies reinvest into AI and the R&D is all about AI, there's going to be more and more companies that are going to be released down the line where open AI won't be that special. Yeah. Well, I think there's going to be a lot of M&A. Obviously, Google's got Bard that I, I use for checking out quarterly earnings reports. I'm like, give me the highlights from this. And they can actually go online. I know they have Bing integration now with open AI. Uh, also, I looked that up. Thirteen billion. So I was, I was actually the closest. And breaking news: Jim Jordan's no longer going to be the uh, GOP speaker. Uh, quick politic news because we don't talk enough politics on this uh, podcast here. Should we get into earnings? We got a big week of earnings ahead of us. Do it. Anything else you guys want to talk about? All right, cool. Is this going to be the largest week for the S and P? season. It is. Next week's This may be a, a make or break week ahead of us. Uh, so let's get into it real quick. Well, no, before we get into it, I, I okay. do want to say one comment. So the market's had a really tough week, and I think we've all experienced it. Having said that, the S&P touched the 200-day moving average and bounced perfectly. Same thing with Tesla today. So these are the two, like, Tesla's the market mover for growth. Great symbol of, like, how the whole industry should be like as a benchmark and that bounce S&P like touched the 200 day did not break in a bounce. I think we're in great shape. Having said that, I have been buying and I think it's really important to monitor the 200 day for both S&P and Tesla going forward because if it does break and earnings isn't as like show me the money like everyone is hoping for like some kind of tailwind for the end of year rally watch out and have some protections. I bought some hedges today. I think it's very important that if it breaks this 200 day, the S&P is going to go straight to 1,000. So be prepared. Now let's get into earnings. So big week, as we mentioned, Tuesday, we got Coca-Cola, Verizon, GE, GM, and Spotify before the open. 
And then after the close, we got Snap, Visa, Teladoc, and Microsoft. We were just talking about OpenAI, so let's come back to that. Wednesday, we got T-Mobile, Boeing, ADP. After the bell, we got ServiceNow, Meta, Mattel, IBM, Impinge. Is that how you pronounce it? Imping? Quantum Scope. And Thursday, we got UPS, Mobileye, Comcast, Opera, MasterCard, Merck. And after the bell, we got Intel, Chipotle, Dexcom, Amazon, Ford, Enphase. Friday, Exxon, Chevron, AbbVie, and T-Row. So the biggest names, obviously, Microsoft, Amazon, Snap, and Spotify, I guess, are kind of in the mix there. But, oh, sorry, Meta as well. So we, we got the big names. We got Meta, Microsoft, and Amazon all this upcoming week. So does this a make or break? week for the entire market? It's a big one. A lot of S&Ps reporting next week. Uh, I mean, my calls, my bear call was going to be M phase. I thought it was going to break $100 on really bad earnings, but Solar Edge kind of ruined that for me. I think Meta is going to kill it. I think, yeah. I mean, it's these kind of companies that are just producing so much cash as we saw in Netflix, like just this week, like that's going to excite a lot of investors. It's very hard for and company to dip post earnings when they beat all the estimates, especially on the bottom line. So that's a company I think is going to outperform. Very curious on service now because they're usually like the first mover on every earnings season for like growth SaaS. So they're going to kind of dictate on what the narrative might be for the following weeks in growth names. So those are the names I'm monitoring. Snapchat real quick. You said they always die on earnings. Uh, I'm going to go Avi indicator here. And actually go the opposite this time. Yeah, I, I think well, enough well, enough. Sna- um, that's an easy one because Snap kind of like leaked what their 2024 goals were. All the election stuff coming up, like that's when all that money starts pouring in and they want to influence the younger generation. That uh, it seems like a, an easy IV indicator on that one. I go with the simplicity, you know, it's powerful. <laughs> I, I just never use Snapchat anymore. I, I mean, granted, I'm not like the target audience for them anymore, but. I just feel like yeah. that whole thing has died off, but maybe it's Gen Z and, and their no, crap. You're right. I mean, my, my girlfriend's 24 and her and all her friends don't use it anymore. So uh, I do think it's like more high school, maybe early college. And you're 45. Users. So that's a little weird, Shy, that your girlfriend's uh, 24. <laughs> you're dyslexic. I'm actually 54, Avi. So <laughs> as you know. <laughs> so I guess uh, to go back on my comment then, if they, if they, he came out and Evan uh, Spiegel is like, they're going to have a really strong 2024. Is that in preparation of the fears of what's going to happen this quarter, perhaps? Could be, I, but I could, maybe maybe he's going to try to get ahead of that. Something for us. Yeah, but I mean, this is, it's the week of KISS. I mean, you've got Microsoft, Google, Amazon. Like, those are... The ultimate kiss stocks right there. Those are going to be the ones that determine basically how the week's going to go. But one that's very interesting. I, well, Meta has got to be in there too. I forgot to mention them. Um, but Meta is still only trading at what sixteen times forward. Like it's insane. So cheap it is, given how strong the stock's been. But one that's very interesting, and what we talked about last time around, is Dexcom after the close on Thursday. Because, you know, we, we talked about, hey, what if diabetes and these other stocks die off because of these weight loss drugs? And sure enough, it's down, you know, 40%-ish since. So Intuitive Surgical commented on it, you know, Dexcom has to. And they'll, they'll talk about, you know, their vision on what these weight loss drugs are doing to their market. 
that will be very interesting. But of course, I'll be watching the big boys. And I want to say those between Amazon, Meta, Google, Microsoft, those are four of my five largest positions. So your thoughts on Chipotle? Because I know they're coming out with a lot of this automation. Riley, you said <laughs> no other restaurant besides Sweet Green can come up with automation. So that's going to be coming. That's probably not in this quarter, but like from a guidance perspective, they could start to factor some of that in. They're not going to need so, as many. See, the problem with Chipotle is it's too expensive now. So it used to be I could go there and get, you know, this massive bowl for like eight bucks, nine bucks. Now, if I take, so I've got three kids. If I go there, I'm spending like 50 bucks to go. I'm thinking this is insane. Like may as well go to the grocery store. And so we'll have Taco Tuesday at our house and I make everything that, that you know, the Chipotle lime rice and all this stuff. Um, because yeah, and I saw they're raising prices again. So it's like, geez, it, it's unsustainable. Shouldn't that be the Netflix effect? I mean, like people, I, I don't know, maybe 25 bucks if you get double meat. It's, it's absurd for one. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it's, and I tried getting delivery before and I like, got double meat because they had some problem and like nothing came on it. So I realized portion control on delivery is significant where you're going to get much less getting. So you got to actually go to the store, get in line because you're like, you know, that's where they give like the more generous scoops. So there's more that goes into it. But yeah, the prices have gotten out of control with that. So it's like, oh yeah, we might as well eat at home and, and you know, be more strategic there. But yeah, trying to compare their price hikes to a Netflix is a little bit different since it's more of like, okay, use this daily, not so much eat at Chipotle daily. I mean, it, I guess it's lifestyle. One thing I just saw a news article, 53 college towns will have Chipotle opened late during Halloween. So I don't think that's just like a cute little mimic. They're probably testing that out. That was the one big thing. Indiana, they always had Qdoba, right? I see Shad. Yeah. He's a high you guy. They, uh, it was crazy. Everyone would go to Qdoba after the bars, right? Because it was open late and they had the queso. Chipotle now is the queso. Now they're going to maybe go open late. So. I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah, but see, they, you young. just find a 24 hour Taco Bell that has the same bowl, whereas the yep. rice and chicken and it's like four or five bucks. And they're open 24 hours and they're always happy to see you. Yeah. But the next day you get the Taco Bell hangover and Chipotle might not give that to you. I always feel so yeah, guilty so about myself. What's wild is I saw Taco Bell is like one of the five healthiest fast food restaurants that you could eat at. Because they don't use trans fat and there's it's something about it. So all you have to do is just not pick the absolute worst thing on the menu, like the mini churros or something like that. But yeah, you can get like the, just get the chicken tacos or something like that. It's still like one of the healthiest. I want my chalupa, Joey. I want my supreme chalupa. Man. I love it. I love Taco Bell. I haven't had it in a very long time, but. I saw the breakfast burritos, the breakfast tacos I saw that just came out with now too. See, that's another thing about Chipotle is, you know, a lot of them should be open more. They should test more options. Like, you know, open at nine, see if they have some breakfast. But the Chipotle over by me is right across the street from Chick-fil-A. So, like, you, they stand no chance if they ever want to launch. Except on Sundays, they could dominate on, on Sundays. Yeah, Sunday, I'd have, like, a 24-hour Sunday. Should we wrap this up? Uh, um, you didn't talk about the most exciting earnings of next week, which is Sunday. I didn't even understand what you said there. Sunvik? You got to say it angrily. Sanvik. 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 No, it's Sanvik is. 
You don't know what Sandvik is? The global high-tech engineering group that provides solutions that oh. productivity, profitability, and sustainability for the manufacturing mining industry. Joey knows every single stock. And I, I literally just Googled that. Swedish multinational engineering company. All right, final game. We got a lot of games on this podcast now. Buy, sell, hold. We kind of did a little bit of that just now with the the earnings, but uh, Joe, or who's got one right now off the off the top? I'll go. Okay. In honor of my trip to the dental hygienist this week, and the fact that I was pitched five thousand dollars for aligners that I do not need. What do you guys think about the Invisalign maker, Align Technologies? So stock's been, you know, beaten down pretty bad. What's interesting is it's been grouped in with the decline in healthcare because we're all going to have six-pack, eight-pack abs. Who needs a straight smile? Where I'm thinking, hey, I've dropped all this weight. The last thing I need to fix is my teeth. Get some pearly whites to go with the six-pack. And you're the ultimate catch at the beach. All right. Align technology down 12% on the month. Do they have earnings coming up or are you just like Yeah, they're after the close on Wednesday. And so here's the other thing. Smile Direct Club, which could have been called a competitor, bankrupt. They're gone or on their way out. I saw that there's some new spark aligner that was being pitched by my dentist. But then when I looked into them, like it's a little bit cheaper but it, it doesn't have like that ooh-ah that you get with Invisalign. Like, okay, just pay up a little bit and, and you're going to have this premium brand. So it's like very limited competition. One of their main competitors just died. All these dentists have the incentive to pitch it because they've got like the iTero scanning machiners in all of these. And I feel like the competitors are using iTero technology as it is. So it's like you got the software play, you got the people that use the aligners. Once you're done with the aligners, you need the retainers. So you kind of like keep these people in it. I was sold one of their retainers to stop from grinding. And I was like 500 bucks, even with the insurance I had at the time. I just feel like right space, right time, only a growing problem. They're expanding who they can have these aligners to. Like they've got where they can do teens. And I've got an eight-year-old that's going to start getting braces. Like what, they get it at nine or 10 or something like that now. So I started looking, hey, do you have kids yet? But now it's, I think 13 is where they start. It was like, you know, they're going to keep bringing that age down to where they have more and more and expand their usage. But I feel like it's one of those where it's been left for dead or just forgotten by this market when it's still a beast. So you have a buy rating on it. I I, I'm, I think I'm a buyer of that right here. I got to look into the actual uh, multiples on it, on everything, but... From what I see, it actually looks pretty attractive. So, yeah, I haven't looked into this for a while, actually. I did look into it during COVID because a lot of people were just like, start want to look pretty when they're trapped in their homes. So when they're not trapped, they can like showcase their updated look. Align is one of those companies that fit in the category of they have such a strong moats. However, I do think they had their time in the sun. Where like back in 16 or 18, that high growth years, where, like there's like, Rule 40, like they had a score of like 50 plus on the rule 40 metric. But right now they're trading like next year's 30 times free cash flow, going the top line at 10%. I just don't know what the new tailwinds will be for the company going forward. Joey, you might be right. Like they might just lower the age and get more headcount. But right now, I think they're just like stuck until they make some kind of 
corporate strategy initiative or like some kind of move. So I, I place a hold on that stock. What about Amazon? You got Amazon coming up. I, uh, Avi, you got you got to answer that. I'll I'll buy with you, Joey. I think when, right. It, uh, it's one of those. It's not even something like I'm looking at the entire earnings slate. I w- I'm not so excited. About it. It's just one of the interesting ones that everybody's forgotten about. But it's kind of like, damn, that's a strong brand. I uh, like what you're saying about the dentist pushing it. It's like the pharmaceutical reps pushing, pushing, pushing. Now they're incentivized. I wonder what the dentists have like the incentive. Maybe they increase. The percentage that they make off of every transaction. Oh, yeah. My my dentist is like a platinum Invisalign provider and all this stuff. They've got a huge banner right when you walk in, this massive, not like a giant noodle man. It's one of those signs right when you walk in that they're a platinum Invisalign provider. And they'll like scan you with the iTero every year, like, oh, mm-hmm. your bite is off by this. Do you use Invisalign for five grand. I'm thinking like, Lady, I use a night guard. Like, if there's a grind, I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. I don't need to drop all this cash. But like, yeah, the the amount that they push it, and I'm thinking there must be some very good incentives for them to be doing it. And maybe people fall for it and, and start going after it. But not to say that that's aligned directly. It's, you know, the dentists want to make money too. Shy, what's your uh, buy, sell, hold for the game? Non-investment advice. I'm going to do a bucket since it's not going to be company specific. This is your game. So yeah, I'm going to do genomic stocks. So we could choose Intellier, Beam Therapeutics, but I'm doing genomic stocks where they've gone trashed. What do you think about genomes, by the way, (laughs) Joey? I think it's genomics, by the way. Yeah, it's genomics. (laughs) Genomics. It's a little Southern twin. I mean, just like I told you when I first looked at your entire portfolio and I was like, get this trash out of here. I'm going to say, everybody talked about, oh, Genome, this, these are the future. These are, I'm like, if you really want that, buy ArcG so you have a little bit of all the trash and you could maybe get one good play that actually ends up doing well. But every stock I've seen that's going to be the future of genomics it has its day and set and then just tanks. Maybe just buy a bucket of them with ArcG or, you know, the other play, like Illumina is one that's interesting that actually like runs through all these, like they're the system that everybody else runs through. It, it's just like, the industry is just full of serial disappointments. And I'd rather own freaking tractor supply the reports before the market opens on Thursday because I know what I'm getting. I know there's consistent demand. It's actually a great company than some scientists in some back room somewhere that's telling me they've got the future of genomics that is just going to go to zero one day. All right, should I kill him because he just stole your show on that one? No, so no, no, I mean, he's not He's not wrong. It's a highly speculative play. Having said that, ArcG is the worst way to play because there's crap stocks like Teladoc, Roku. Like, Kathy buys a lot of like non-genomic stocks for that ETF. I've, I've, it's like all the investment newsletter. Hey, this is FinTech. And then they've got a genomics play in there. It's like, yeah, way to, way to go, guy. Great <laughs> stock picking service. But but having said that, I do think there's a high floor in these stocks for Intellium Beam because they will get worst case acquired by these bigger players like Illumina, like you said, or even competitors similar to Illumina. So right now, like they're trading at two or three times their cash. So they've gone really destroyed. And yeah, but what's the burn on those? That cash pile is going to be incinerated. No, it, a lot of them is like less than two years. You're correct. Beam Therapeutics just did layoffs. Like I did not expect them to do layoffs. And, and the that's wild. Like- the seri- like one acquirer could be in there that wants to buy one of them. Like 
you'd have to have a big boy come in like an FTX that wants to buy everybody. Um, but like, that's the problem. You'd have to have well, like a white knight come in and try to buy all of them when I feel well, like that's true. I just, them to all go under and buy the assets in bankruptcy. I will say there's a lot of big players like Pfizer and uh, I forgot the other one who invests, who are partnered with these like companies, like $400 million. So like, I think worst case, if they got like, beaten down and like, bad data they would get acquired built again wasn't that the case on semaphore which i forget what they changed their name to that, that went the spac route yeah. though pfizer but, pfizer owns this big stake they'll definitely they'll never let it get in it's it's a new well, name that's what's gonna happen all the big pharma companies are gonna come take their data and buy them up that's what i think or they let them go under and just buy the assets for nothing he's on the dollar once it, it's down there so like that's the thing like if you see one of your largest competitors drowning, you're not going to freaking throw them a life raft. You're going to be like, okay, I'll pick your corpse up before it starts floating for the birds to eat. Like you're just that that's how you got to do it in this whole game. Like why buy something when you can get it for significantly less a little bit later on? I mean, he's, he's not wrong. Like it's hard to argue on pre-revenue companies because it's all just theory. It's just Fugazi, kind of. It's just well, believing that's in the like, other thing. Genomic does not fall in the KISS category of investing. Mm-mm. Do not tell me you've read these pipeline, like the, you've read the studies or the science and be like, oh, I, I understand what they're doing here. This is innovative. This is going to work. It's like, it's like reading another language, written in hieroglyphics, translated to another language you don't understand. Like none of this makes sense. It, the other investor presentations are probably flashy and maybe someone understands somewhere but I'll never confidently invest like, yes, this is this is a winner. It's like, best case, I buy an ETF with exposure genomics. And if I ever consider buying an ETF, I don't understand that space enough. And why not just buy some more Amazon as my subscribe and save email just hit during this saying, hey, you've got 15 items coming on the 30th, confirm. Since I uh, made fun of Shy earlier, I'm also going to make fun of you real quick. Hieroglyphics. It's hieroglyphics, not hieroglyphics. But hieroglyphics, hieroglyphics. The Stone bears of the, the podcast. Here. Yeah. All right, so uh, Joe, <laughs> Joey's is a sell, hard sell. I think mine's a buy. Uh, I like my speculative. What Joey says is absolutely correct. Like, I'm going to go had... Joey's with Dexcom. I think they, they've been up like 11% the past five days, but I think, you know, at least on this quarter, long term, I think eventually people are still going to have diabetes, but I yeah. think Dexcom could uh, shit the bed here coming up here yeah i feel like their commentary will kind of be like intuitive where it's going to be scaring people in the near term and will probably cause the stock to probably like set new lows but yeah I, I, everything with these weight loss drugs i feel like people kind of have it all wrong you know not everybody's gonna have these six packs and run around in perfect health if anything use the weight loss drugs in unison with worse eating habits because it's like oh i can eat these donuts because i'm also taking this it's gonna offset it's like the person that gets five Big Macs with a Diet Coke. Like it, that's kind of how I'm seeing this market right now. And if anything, like the healthier lifestyles of, you know, going to the gym, I see a lot of gym stocks taking a hit. Oh, people aren't going to need to go to the gym because they're going to take these drugs instead. I feel like, you know, if people actually take these and lose weight, then they're going to want to harden themselves up and further improve by going into the gym. But I could talk about I mean, it all day. Dexcom, uh, if they report 
like their forecast in the teens for the top line, they're in trouble. I think they're like, they need to have a 20% Kager for the next couple of years to justify their valuation right now. If it goes in the teens, it's going to be a tough time for shareholders. It's going to Yeah, see, that was the problem with them. They always traded at a, a pretty hefty multiple. Mm-hmm. So as soon as something came in that could be a risk to them, it's like immediate contraction in that multiple. And now it, it's still a little bit up there to where new lows could still have this priced a little bit high. All right, boys, let's wrap it up. It is the weekend. Big shout out to PeakBot. Check them out. Use PeakBot.com. They are our favorite automated trading bots that we use. They're giving 50% off. Use the promo code PTT. We're going to keep it simple. Same promo code for Underdog Fantasy. So it's UnderdogFantasy.com. Use the promo code PTT. They're giving you $500 player match. And again, we'll be giving out $500 three different times for anyone that signs up. We'll be randomizing that. And then we got another coming up here where you guys can track. So I know the Bible sounded very cool in theory. Uh, Unfortunately, we didn't think about the fact that the market is constantly moving. So now you guys can track us in the future. We're going to be sharing some portfolios that you guys can track with us live with our friends over at Investapal. So A lot of cool things coming up. We are getting close to episode 100, too. So the countdown to Tony return uh, will be... I'm just putting it out there. Hopefully, he'll uh, be listening to this and he'll come back. If you're listening still, it's the end of the episode. Keep tweeting at Tony. We're going to get him back. (laughs) Enjoy the weekend. uh, And we'll be back next week for another episode of the Table. Big money, big moves. That's a big move. Yeah. Make a play, don't talk about it. Master P, I'm about it, about it. This one here for all that try to count me out and they still counting. Honestly, I never doubt it. Say the top is never crowded. Well, I'm trying to climb the mountain till I need a few accountants. Sock is rising, perfect timing. I'm in brickle with the tribe. Shawty sliding, she wants sushi. She want eel sauce for the rice. I just peel off with the light. Took her heels off for the ride. Don't say real talk. I'm a real one, I provide, yeah. Drip on a hundred.